Kalen LeBourne is no longer with the program at Florida State. It's first reported by 247 Sports and then later confirmed by FSU representative uh, that it was a violation of team policy. The former five-star, the number one all-purpose back coming into Florida State with Cam Akers. Uh, he's no longer going to be suiting up in the Garden and Gold for Florida State. What is y'all's first takes on that? Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. The great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here This Beer, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this beautiful and gorgeous Tuesday evening. Uh, this is going to be a massive, massive Q&A podcast. No guest, even though we do have Nate Greer on. I guess we kind of count him as a guest since he says we don't bring him on enough. But uh, we're going to be on here covering sure. basketball, football, <laughs> recruiting, Everything involved. We went to Discord, Instagram, Twitter uh, to grab questions from you guys. So we have a lot, a lot. I think we have over like 40 questions to answer in this podcast. So sit back, relax, enjoy it. Um, and also, as usual, make sure you guys go hit uh, hit up iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, that is where we are based out of. If you're on iTunes, if you rate us five stars, uh, we really appreciate it. And along, if you leave a review, that would really help a lot. I actually want to read out a review from this past weekend. Actually, this is um, one from Mark Knoll Man for Life. On Saturday, he rated us five stars and said, Great podcast for information and the best guest of any other outlet. Being an alumni of an ex-football player, I enjoy these guys' up-to-date information in both football and basketball, even the dry-ass dad jokes. <laughs> Keep up the great work, guys, and someone sponsor these guys. Go Knowles. So thanks for that message there. Um, but, yeah, I need to welcome the guys on. we got a lot of work to do tonight. Let's get a- let's get after it. I've got Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor, Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer, and then Nate Greer, Noel Game Day's recruiting insider, with us tonight. What's going on, gentlemen? What's, What's up? Going? What's up, man? I agree. Your dad jokes suck, Logan. <laughs> Don't come after me. They're the low light of the podcast every week. <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that comment was for all of our dad jokes. Yeah. I um, mean, we, we do a pretty good job. But mine are terrible. They're pretty bad. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's why we're not doing any of that tonight. Just let everybody know. That's going to be a huge letdown. But there won't be a bad dad joke segment. There won't be worst three segment or FSU trivia because, like I said, we have about 40, maybe 50 friggin' questions. That we're going to try to run through for you guys. Um, so it's gonna already going to be lengthy. Uh, but we, we need to start off with some big news right off the bat. Um, which I think is going to create a pretty good discussion. Kalen LeBourne is no longer with the program at Florida State. 
It's first reported by 247 Sports and then later confirmed by FSU representative uh, that it was a violation of team policy. The former five-star, the number one all-purpose back coming into Florida State with Cam Akers. Uh, he's no longer going to be suiting up in the Garden and Gold for Florida State. What are y'all's first takes on that? It's a long time coming. I think that, you know, he's always been unhappy uh, as a second wheel coming in with Cam Akers. I think he thought that he was probably better, so to speak, and felt he deserved some playing time. But everything was self-inflicted with him from the start. Couldn't uh, stay out of the doghouse. Seemed very unhappy. Always so in that from that first offseason, he's looking at them possibly transfer and constantly being talked into staying. So, you know, you, sometimes you got to look yourself in the mirror and while well, you have all the, all the talent in the world, at the end of the day, if you can't keep your head straight and uh, do what you're you're told and supposed to do, you're, you're going to be in the doghouse and you're not going to get the, the reps and the playing time that you think you deserve. Yeah, very disappointing. And now Florida State basically loses 100% of its running back production from a season ago with Cam Akers moving on to the NFL and Anthony Grant also leaving the program earlier this offseason. So mm -hmm. you're really looking for Deshaun Corbin, fully healthy now from an injury a year ago, to step up as a starter. And then you've got guys like Juco, LaDamian Webb, and true freshman Lawrence Toa Philly, um, Ja'Kai Douglas, and Corey Wren at running back. And you know, some of those guys are going to have to step up. It definitely sucks because, I mean, we've been seeing the work he's been putting in all offseason and everyone kind of expected him to be focused and locked in and prepared for the season. And it's definitely disappointing to see him not be a part of the program anymore. Um, who do y'all have as kind of like that depth chart? Obviously, Dustin just named off some guys, but who is that number two, number three guy for you guys going into, uh, you know, you know, week one? I have... Corbin number one, Wed number two, and then it'll be a mixture of the of the three three freshmen. And, and depending on what the the offense is, I do think that Douglas will probably play a lot more running back than that kind of hybrid role. Um, I'm a fan of Toa Philly. I think he fits the offense very well, um, but Corbin's got to stay healthy now. He's the 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 one guy who has Division one carries at, at this level so and, and for him to garner some all eight all conference uh fourth team hype tells you that th this this kid's not you know he's he's a good player uh, he did really well at a&m so you know he's got to stay healthy but i definitely think it's corbin and webb and then we'll see what happens after that yeah i pretty much agree with nate i think uh corbin and webb are your one and two I think Toa Philly will probably lock down the three spot for the most part. He's the mm -hmm. he's the most complete running back of those three true freshmen coming into Florida State. But you should also see some Corey Wren and Ja'Kai Douglas and different kind of packages, depending on what Norvell's trying to do. Corey Wren especially, getting him screen passes, like Nate said uh, earlier before the podcast, and throwing it to him out of the backfield, putting him in situations like that for success, that's where he'll be used. And, you know, uh, Kalen LeBourne obviously had to compete with Cam Akers, and Cam Akers is, is going to go down as one of, uh, you know, top five uh, running backs in, in Florida State history and what he had to do with saving games. But um, right off the bat, too, 
um, with having to play, you know, under Jimbo Fisher and, you know, his mom really wanted him to stay near Virginia, stay near home. And he, she was kind of ticked off um, from what she told me that he uh, went to Tallahassee and he, she had a really bad relationship and was really pissed off at Jimbo for Kalen not getting a lot of reps early on. Um, and like Nate said, there was things that, you know, was kind of causing himself to put him into these situations of not getting the reps, not, you know, we heard things of him flashing during spring practice or during the off, during the camps before the season started, but never really, to get, really got to see him stay in the game as much. Um, you know, the highlight will probably be his spring game. I saw a hole and I hit that bit. And then also the, um, <laughs> the one play where he juked the crap out of that Virginia Tech player. We're like, okay, I want to see more Kalen LeBourne, but never really got to see mm-hmm. much more of him. You know, so it's a, it's a sticky situation. And I, it's, it's tough. You know, Florida State does lose a five-star running back. But luckily, Mike Norvell prepared. And that's what a smart coach does. And it seems like, uh, you know, he prepared well enough to, you know, if this day were to come. And yeah. you know, it wouldn't be a brutal hit. So, yeah, the, the the talent's there. The injury set him back, but at the end, end of the day, when you're a turd, um, you know, that that <laughs> that uh that will will hold you back when you get to that level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when you are a shithead, that keeps you from from producing and being a guy who can be relied upon from these coaches. So. Mm-hmm. Look in the mirror before you make your next stop, buddy. And one just last little tidbit. I mean, I was hearing just this last Friday that he was feeling great. He enjoyed being around the staff. Uh, he was 100% and wasn't going to wear his brace. So whenever the news popped today, I was a little kind of in, in shock there because I think I thought things mentally, he was kind of tunnel visioned in into the new staff. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of optimism there. But it things like it, something must have either happened over the weekend or there must have been some kind of decision that might have been lingering for a while i don't know um but i think he had a lot more friends outside of the program than he did inside of the program with his old teammates so that's pretty much all i'll say on that front but i wish him the best i've mm-hmm. i've i've been in, i've had a contact with him and whatnot but I, I wish him the best like i think he really is a talented guy just just a few things he's got to switch up up there in the head uh tomorrow on terry He's just going to keep on gaining pounds until he's a tight end. Um, he could play linebacker, too, if he really wanted to soon. I mean, that's about the size of the linebackers FSU has had the last couple of seasons. But Tamaron Terry, um, I'm told, is up to 222 pounds. Obviously, the discords was blowing up about it today. They're trying to figure out if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Obviously, I mean, I think, you know, he's going to lose weight, obviously, once the season starts. But 222, and he, and he looks good, too, Nate. I think he looks pretty – he looks good, but I mm-hmm. I want him to keep that speed. I want him to keep that – because whenever you add on pads and everything, it's going to – he's going to be weighing quite yeah. a bit, you know? My, my whole thing is if he can maintain what, what makes him Tamari and Terry, which is uh, the looseness and the speed. Um, you know, a guy who's 6'4 can separate like that after the catch. You know, the, as long as he can keep that, it's great, he, you know. I don't, I don't ever think it was bad weight. I just want to see how he can perform with a, an additional ten pounds. You know, he, he's at least ten pounds more than last year. And granted, he'll probably drop five to eight pounds in camp and probably be at two fifteen, which I think is a, is a good spot for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, two fifteen for Tamorian Terry is. Basically perfect. Six foot four, two hundred fifteen burners on the outside. 
Um, he spent a lot of this offseason trying to become more of a complete wide receiver, which is something I think we'll see be displayed in Norvell's mm-hmm. offense. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him. I mean, you can tell just just by the fact that he's now up to 222 pounds and seeing the pictures that basically none of it's bad weight. He's been working this offseason. He's got something to prove. He came back for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like the other two have been saying, as long as he doesn't lose his speed, because he's got legit 4-3 speed, honestly. As long as he's still got that, then I, I, he can keep gaining weight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a guy running 23 miles an hour in pads is, is just asinine. You know, mm-hmm. what, what he did in that bowl game. So I, I just want him to – he's got to be the player that he was. You know, FSU needs that. So that's my only concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think – one thing, and then we were talking about it, Nate, just a little bit ago, too, in the <clears throat> producer meeting, just talking about, you know, we really like Terry as a as a player, but, you know, it seems like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders, too. He's focused, um, and, he, and he's competitive, uh, but he comes back for another year along with Marvin Wilson, and, you know, he's going to be the biggest leader. He should be right there if, if Blackman's going to be started. You know, he should be the biggest leader on that offense by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to be challenged a lot. You know, that's going to take Keyshawn Helton and then other guys outside of him, maybe Matthews, Young, Thompson, Brian Robinson, to kind of maybe allow Terry to get out there a little bit more. But the teams already know about him a lot, definitely the ACC, but they're, they're, he's going to have a lot of coverage on him this upcoming season, a lot. Uh, let's see, Kimo Mekinole, did I say it right? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, commits to Florida State after Jake Slaughter uh, flips from floor, uh, from Florida State to Florida. Uh, Nate, you've been in contact with Jake. What's uh, what kind of what led to that? The fact that he or Jake, yeah, Jake flipping, and then I guess we can get to McEnroe. Uh, I, I mean, he was and always has been a Florida fan. You know, I'm, when I first talked to him when he got offered, you know, his his dad was. He, you know, as big as we are Florida State fans, his family are, are Florida fans. So um, I, I think some of it, I think he kind of always knew that if the offer came, that it was something he would consider. Uh, I, I think that it's it just his fandom kind of outweighed the the relationships that he, he had formed with uh, Florida State. So I don't think there's any ill will or, or Anything negative? I think it, it was just a, a lifelong dream that he had a opportunity to uh, to fulfill. So can't hate on the kid. He's a great kid. Um, I wish him luck, except for one game a year. But you know, Florida State has had a plan. I think that the offer for Estes was always the backup once Florida offered him. Um, you know, him being a you know Estes is a guy who can play center guard or right tackle. So I, I think that they started to cover their tail when that offer came through, knowing that something may happen. Um, but it happened. I'm glad it happened now and not, you know, three, two, three, four months on the road. So I, I, I expected it when the offer came. You know, that's why I always stayed in contact with him, how he was doing and how his commitment was. He kept telling me, you know, things were fine, things were fine. But it was eventually going to happen at some point. And obviously, Coach Atkins immediately—you know—a lot. Of, I think he's getting a lot of love right now from FSU fans. He immediately was 
getting on the phone and, and getting in contact and obviously was able to land someone um, really quickly to try to fulfill an offensive line unit after losing Slaughter. But Kimo, and you've, you've, you've had a chance to talk with him too, right? Yes. Um, and what, what do you think of him? And, you know, is, is he a guy that you got to develop? Or is this a guy that has the potential if, if he builds up uh, physically, he could be a guy that starts for a few years in Tallahassee? I, I think he's a guy who's definitely a redshirt candidate. He's very young. He's only 16 years old. I believe he's going to graduate at 17. Uh, so, you know, he's a young kid who's still very much growing into his body. I know some people are questioning his size and how lean he is. Uh, he purposefully does not want to be one of those big, hefty linemen. Um, you know, if, if you look at what happened in, in the draft this year, a lot of those, a lot of the guys drafted this year were that six four, six five, six eight, but they were still in the 300, 305 range. So that old old days of, of six four, three thirty um, are going away a little bit, and I think a lot of these kids are starting to realize that, and also the impact it has on their health long term. Um, which is which is what we've talked about. He doesn't want to be a massive kid. He does want to, of course, get bigger, but he wants to do that when he gets into college and let a let a, a strength program add the weight that he needs to add and how they want to add it. And you know, his family. We've talked about it in the Discord about his family is massive. You know, most of it, most of the men in his family are are six eight, six nine, just huge huge guys. So he's he's going to continue to grow. <clears throat> Excuse me, but he's definitely a kid that's going to play redshirt and, and be a more of a redshirt sophomore contributor. I do think he's someone that can help the team down the road. He's just really nasty. He's he's a mean offensive lineman, uh, which is what you know FSU needs. You know, he's a guy that you know w- w- yeah. when he he gets his hands on you, it, it's over with. So you know, he he is a project, but he has a lot of traits that will. Uh, that bode well for the next level. <clears throat> when I think when I think mean and if he gets a hand on you, it's going to be over. I think of Dante Lucas and how physical yeah. he is, and how obviously you kind of want to bring those guys in because I'll be honest, I feel like the last couple of seasons, and I think a lot of fans will agree with me, is man, I mean it's like patty cake out there after a while. Mm-hmm. I mean they can hardly <laughs> develop to even hold on to a guy and block him, but Dante Lucas is a guy that's <clears throat> got the mentality to just hurt you and and just be mean up there. Florida State's had. Good defensive lineman, and they're discussing and mean, but it's a whole 180. From Absolutely. and I, I, I think we were hearing rumors last off season that the offensive line was like beating the defensive line in practice. I don't know whoever was saying those things, but I couldn't. I now thinking of it, that is the most stupidest thing that we were hearing. I'm sure it was coming from offensive line players spreading rumors about it, but I don't think. I don't think. Marvin Wilson was having a tough time <clears throat> with uh, Juan Williams. I'll be honest. No, I, I I went to IMG for the camp for the practices when they were down here, and and watching watching Dante Lucas be the leader of that team and yelling at the guys for for being soft, kind of said, "There's no way that that happened." I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you got guys who were le- letting the damn sled beat them. And, mm-hmm. and you got Dante Lucas screaming at him and cussing him out to, to toughen up. There's just, there's just no way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't buy that. No, no. no. That's I'm why sorry. I, I think, 
I think it was what the fall of 2018 where where Eberle said the offense was scoring nonstop against the defense, like just yeah. scoring at will. And how he that, also said that it's, it was going to well, be one well, of the best offensive line in the country. Well, how bad was the defense though, too? So it possibly could have happened. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. how, how poor how poorly coached that whole team was. There were probably guys out of position, and who knows? You know those practices from watching a few IMG. We're just a cluster, so I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. In, in that form, but I doubt that, like you said, Marvin Austin's getting blown off the ball by, you know, Baby on Johnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see the some quick notes here too. Uh, I believe Eddie Goldman is going to be sitting out. Former Noel, obviously, a really good defensive lineman for FSU. Former Noel, and obviously, has been kind of doing pretty good there in Chicago. Also, he's going to check out for this season, opting out. Um, do this COVID thing. Uh, so he will not be playing this upcoming season. Uh, just announced now Dalvin Cook has been checked in as a 21st best player in the NFL 100. I think that's pretty good for him. I think mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a very nice ranking, in my opinion, for him after, you know, sometimes he'll sit out during games. But I think he proved last year how how freaking good he is. And Austin, you're you're a Vikings fan. Your boy's up there at number 21. How does that feel? You actually have a Vikings player up there. Yeah, no, it, especially because Harrison Smith was like 64th. I'm like, oh, God, the players hate us. But to see Dalvin up there, he's got a lot of respect from the players, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, I believe, um, checked into camp, too, today. So I know yeah, he was kind he of, yeah, he was kind of holding out, um, wanting to get paid. And I think eventually he's most certainly going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there's some quick little notes football-wise there. Well, was Derwin on that list? I know he's coming off the injury, so probably not, but... Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I don't remember, honestly. Yeah, I don't think he's been on there yet just because he didn't play that much last year. Um, but I know the players... Have yeah, he, he hasn't been on there yet. He, yeah, he, he's he's in a ball this year. Yeah, most certainly. As long as he stays healthy, which... Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great to see uh, Dalvin on there. Only, I mean, two years removed from that ACL injury. Yeah, yeah. That's... People forget about that. He tore his ACL four games in, and last mm-hmm. year he dealt with the hamstring issue again. This year or this past year, he balled out. I mean, I think he had like sixteen hundred scrimmage yards. Yeah, he was leading the uh, NFL and rushing for a, con- a consistently through weeks after weeks after weeks. So, did not that, that horrible offensive line caught up to him? <laughs> yeah, and he like he started getting hurt towards the yep. end. I think he, he had a shoulder injury in week 16, and I think he sat out week 17. Um, you, you ever think Dallin's got to somehow get bigger in his base? You know, he's really big up top, but his legs are kind of skinny. Yeah. You know, but but he gen- generates power for, for a guy who isn't that big in his legs. Yeah, he, yeah. he runs with so much strength for someone yeah. that's as small. Like, I'm not saying small, but, yeah, he's, he doesn't have as much leg strength as a lot of these other running backs. So, like, you see Saquon Barkley, he's got logs for legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, if he was to get some of that lower body strength, I'd, it would certainly help him, especially that those knees and hamstrings. I'm happy for him. I love Dalvin Cook, man. Oh, I'm yeah. I, I, I'm really hoping he gets this bag this offseason. I'm, I'm assuming he'll get paid at some point. I know he get checked in because the CBA is basically worthless at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm assuming he'll get paid, especially with Derrick Henry just got paid a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a similar contract to that. 
yeah, he's a better running back by 10 times than Derrick Henry. So that's all I got to say. I don't want to argue with anybody else about it. And I don't give a damn about Saquon Barkley either. So I'll argue about, we can argue about that all day long with other people, but that's Dalvin's just a different kind of animal. He's just a pure good running back. Just like a, just nasty. And I think also if he does get paid good, it's good for Florida state recruiting wise, big time. I mean, Florida state should already be promoting that. They've had stud running backs play in the NFL for a consistent amount of years. Um, yep. They should be advertising that more, but we're, I don't work for Florida State recruiting. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Let's jump into some basketball, Austin. Um, obviously, there's some big news, hopefully, for tomorrow, Florida State's wise and Leonard Hamilton. I mean, this is getting ridiculous now. I mean, this is, yeah. this is, this is silliness, but possibly four star center John Butler uh, is going to be committing tomorrow. This is recording this on Tuesday, so it's going to be happening on Wednesday. Um, Florida State is a favorite over South Carolina and others. What's going on with that? Yeah, it's pretty big summer on the trail so far. They just picked up five-star Matthew Cleveland last week. It's looking very likely they're going to pick up John Butler tomorrow, uh, top 60 center from Greenville, South Carolina. Um, right now, I, th- I think it's coming down to Florida State and South Carolina. He just announced his top six last week, which included Florida State, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Alabama. Um, judging by his edit, it was definitely not going to be Georgia Tech and Alabama. Um I kind of expected it to be South Carolina at first, especially because his high school is 90 miles away from South Carolina's campus. Both of his parents went to South Carolina. But then weekend passed, Crystal Balls and Future Cast started flying in for Florida State. I was getting a lot of texts, a lot of DMs saying, I think John, but- John Butler's happening. And uh, it's looking more and more likely. It's looking very, very good. Florida State's rolling. They've got the number one and possibly the number two player in South Carolina when Butler commits tomorrow. And they're going to be the top two class. Not quite the best class in the nation so far for 2021, but at least the second best class, which is unbelievable. Handball is Barely, barely behind Villanova. .4 points. Yeah. They'll have the best average. I think that's what matters. Yeah, they're going to have the best average because one of Villanova's – commits as a three-star a very highly ranked three-star don't get me wrong but he's still a three-star mm-hmm. right now all of florida state's commits assuming butler commits tomorrow is going to be top 60 and i believe both mcgowan's and cleveland are going to be top 25 prospects by the time it's all said and done yep mm. there's still two or three more spots to add more guys and there's some other talented guys that have that issue I'm, yeah i'm projecting so. yeah i'm i'm projecting three to four because you've got five seniors you've got Potentially two professional prospects with Scotty Barnes and Sarder Calhoun. Um, Calhoun's more of the wild card. I'm fully expecting Barnes to be one and done, but we'll see how the season goes. So you still got three to four more prospects, and they're still after some really big fish. Michael Foster is a five-star. Ryan Matumbo, who's another top 60 guy. Um, there's definitely after some big fish, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens over these next couple months because right now Florida State is on an absolute tear on the trail. So yeah. Butler does join the class, and obviously there there's Matumbo down the line, who, who you just mentioned. Are we still considering uh, Naheem Cloud, or Naheem McLeod, a member of this class? Yeah, I've reached out to a few people to see if they've heard anything. Um, my guess is with their pursuits of Butler, and then still with Matumbo, and Efton Reed's still in the consideration too. A lot of people are starting to forget about him. Because he was a potential reclassification, and now it's looking like he's staying in 21. But they're still after these two major centers. I think Butler may be able to play a little bit of the four. 
he's got that kind of skill set where he's he's got that yeah. Porzingis mold where he's got the center body but the skill set of a four. Um, so maybe they're viewing him as a four and they still want to keep McLeod. But if Matumbo or Reed commits, I, I'd I'd be shocked honestly to see McLeod stay in the class. Moving on from that, uh, obviously, everybody keep an eye on John Butler committing tomorrow. Uh, we'll have full coverage on that. Um, and if, if it does indeed be true that he's going to pick Leonard Hamilton and the Knowles, uh, Austin will have a piece ready for you guys to kind of describe and, and put down what he might mean to this team and everything and the attributes that he'll bring. Um, also, some news here that happened today. Former Knoll. We've had all three of them on the podcast, which is crazy to think of, thanks to Austin. But Trent Forrest, Patrick Williams, and Devin Vassell have all earned invitations to the NBA Combine. Congratulations to them. We're definitely pulling for them. We got to actually get to know them through here on interviews. But uh, some really cool news, and I'm really happy. You know, Nate, with me, me and Nate, you know, we're we 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 like basketball a lot, but we're, I love Trent Forrest, man. It's so fun. It was so fun to watch mm-hmm. him during his career. But he gets an invite too. Which is huge because, I mean, you, for usually these senior guys, like we saw it with Terrence Mann last year, they usually go to the Portsmouth, Portsmouth Invitational. If you do well there, you get an NBA G League Combine invite. And then if, you, if you're if you one of the top 10 players there, then you get the NBA Combine invite. The fact that all these NBA teams have said we want to see Trent Forrest, that's huge for him. He doesn't have to go through the Portsmouth Invitational, which got canceled, which I, I was really concerned with. Um, he gets to go to the NBA Combine. I really think he's going to do a really great job there. Patrick Williams is going to freaking blow up the combine. He's got some of the best athleticism in the entire class, especially he's still 18 years old. By the time the combine happens, he'll be 19, but he's going to blow up the combine. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he ends up being a lottery pick after the combine, just with his shooting skill. He didn't really show it off much last year. You could see he had it. He was just a little inconsistent with it. He's had all this time to work on a shot. Really think he's going to show it off at the combine and in those scrimmages. Vassell, I wouldn't be surprised if he's had a few out. He's really seen his stock rise these past couple months. Um, at one point, he was just a top 15 to 20 guy. Now he's almost a lock to be top 10. So I wouldn't be surprised if he just says, you know what, I'm, my stock's good. I'm, I'm going to stick with my top 10 and see what happens. I, I think Trent Forrest is someone that could have a 10 to 12 year career in the NBA. You know, I'm a big fan of his, so I'm really happy to see him get some recognition. All right, so if you guys are ready, let's jump into some of these questions. I think we got like 45 plus, so an Instagram still rolling in with questions. So we might just we might not go to bed tonight. I don't think that and Dustin doesn't go to bed until 4 a.m. So if it's just me and him on here, then that's just how it's gonna have to be. <laughs> and I like the spotlight. So. You do like the spotlight. You know, your clout, although you haven't done your follow for follows thing in a while and your clout is kind of going down. Yeah. Lazy. Lazy. <laughs> I thought you said you weren't lazy. It's it's day by day. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like to really defend him, but in his defense, there's not a lot of uh, follow the follows right now either, though. True. There you go. That was nice of Nate to be yeah. you know, looking out for Dustin like that. It's rare. <laughs> I enjoy having Nate around sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, I heard sometimes in there, even though he can't talk loud enough into his mic. I think I heard sometimes. Uh, all right, let's get started. We're going to go start off with, I think, Discord first. If you're in the Discord, then thank you for sending all these questions. We're about to get started here. So this is from Coach Jenkins 8. 
asks, or pretty much says, predict the starting five up front and backups. I'll go. You got it. Uh, I, I got uh, Washington at left tackle, Lucas at left guard. I think that uh, Bavion starts at center. I think Love Taylor is your, your, your right guard and Scott's your right tackle. Um, I preferably would love to see Maurice Smith take that center spot. But uh, I, I see him as Baselli as the backup in the middle with uh, Smith being either one of the guards. Um, I do think um, Herring, uh, uh, he, he was slated to start in spring with uh, Lucas out. I do think that you'll see him play um, at one of the, one of the guard positions. And I would like to see – I'm interested to see what Ira Henry does. You know, he's a guy who who uh, could could contribute very, very well to this team, at, and they kind of need him to. Uh, I do think that Love Taylor would be the, the backup tackle. Um, you know, right now there's just so many questions at, at tackle um, that if Washington and or Scott went down, he might as well blow the season up. There's really no solid backups. I don't really have faith in – a Chaz Neal or a Jalen Gross right now. Yeah, I pretty much agree with with Nate's take. I, I think Darius Washington at left tackle, Lucas left guard, Johnson at center. I've got Brady Scott at right guard and Love Taylor at right tackle, but I mean they're pretty interchangeable. We'll see what happens in fall camp. And then behind them, uh, left to right, I've got. Jalen Goss, a left tackle, who, like Nate said, don't really have a lot of confidence with him stepping in there. So you're really counting on Darius Washington to play the important snaps. But Goss and, I guess, Jay Williams will fight for mm. the backup snaps. Mm. And uh, Maurice Smith, I've got him at backup left guard with uh, Baselli at center. But I do think Maurice Smith is likely your starting center of the future next year because mm-hmm. that's a position he can play. So for now, Ira Henry at right guard, and like you said, Herring can play there as well, and then Chaz Neal at right tackle. So could be a could be a solid offensive line. We'll just have to see. I'm I'm confident in what Atkins brings to the table. Yeah. Moving on, this is from Jacob on Discord. He says, "Do we think we will take another center if we land John?" So I don't know who the John who the last name of John is, but. Nate or Dustin probably know that. It's, it's Butler. John so Butler. It's, it's oh, John Butler. Question. Yeah, it's oh, a basketball, basketball question. Yeah, so oh, wow. we touched on it when um, when we talked in the basketball piece. I, I still think they're planning on taking another center. Because, um, like, like I said, he's got the skill set of a four. It wouldn't surprise me to see him play some there and add another true five, like a Matumbo or an Efton Reed. This next question is from Fiddle on Discord. Any idea when we will begin at West Virginia prep? practice or is the timeline still pretty much in the air i can take it i mean personally florida state has likely been doing west virginia prep since mike norvell arrived and Mm -hmm. that'll only continue as we move into fall camp it'll become more advanced especially now that west virginia has made that switch at a defensive coordinator i think they'll they'll focus on that even more more so yeah, yeah, and you know things are still up in the air, uh, from what I've heard. You know that players and even some of the staff they don't know when they're when they're going to put pads on and stuff. It's just it's just such such a crazy off season. So whenever things start getting solidified and like Dustin said, I mean, frick, um, 
West Virginia is in a complete shit show right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Defensively and what they're going to figure out, they're going to have freaking players calling uh, plays out there. Um, Said this before, though, so slow down. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, just looking at the West Virginia game, you know, Florida State probably really wants to play this game now. I mean, uh, obviously. Yeah, press been going on for a while. I don't think the game happens, though. Don't be Debbie Downer. Stop it. Stop it right now. <laughs> uh, next question is from Genol. Asks, with the way Fuller's defense operates, he plays at base nickel in parentheses five DBs and played three safeties at a time at Memphis. If Jaden Woodby stays at inside linebacker and Dent moves to cornerback, who would be the three safeties? I count on Ham and possibly Fagan, but curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, so so yeah. Woodby's not... Not an inside. He's not a linebacker. Um, he, he may play that uh, that hybrid role, but I think you look at Nas. I think you look at Woodby, and and then you. My wild card is Jones to transfer, um, and also Renardo Green. I think that's kind of you're you're too deep. I think Fagan kind of gets passed up by guys who I think are just better players. So and th- there's a lot of flexibility back there. You have a guy like Travis J that could. You got to get your best players on the field at some point. You got to find a place for for Jay. Um, you know, I, you think what what uh, Fuller does. You know, there's a question later on about what how FSU's defense can improve. But you know, I I, I think you have a solid two deep with Nas, would be Green, Fagan, Jones. You know, it's going to be a, a a mix and match. And then you throw in. Carlos Becker, I know he was playing corner in spring. If he moves back to safety, you know, I think that's someone that takes some minutes also. And when they go to that nickel lineup, it wouldn't surprise me to see Fuller try to get his five best DBs on the field at one mm-hmm. time, which is probably Asante Samuel, Miko Dotson, and Hamza, and, and Woodby. Yep. This next question is from TJ43 asks, what will be the difference with Blackman versus the last staff? I think all of uh, all of us realize he'll be the starter. I, I haven't realized he's going to be a starter yet. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll let Nate, I'll let Nate start. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I think that, you know, you'll look at why I think he's going to be better coached. Uh, you know, he, he's... I'm not the biggest Blackman fan. I'll say it like it is. I think you, you you see what you get with him over the last three years. Yeah, he's had different coaches, and there's been a lot of a lot of other things that have um, um, gone sideways with his career with with you know stability and having a, having a consistent thing, uh, scheme. But you know, I don't think he really fits Norvell's system very well in terms of accuracy and having to get the ball out quickly. So I'm not I'm not the biggest Blackman fan. So I will just say I think that he'll be better coached with Norvell and with Dillingham and what they like to do in the offense. I think Norvell will do a better job if he is the guy scheming his offense to uh, to to help him. But that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think the the cohesion between the coaching staff will definitely be a plus. For, for Blackman, obviously Norvell and Dillingham have, have worked together. They've got um, great chemistry, 
and they they call plays together essentially. Whereas the last two years, um, Willie Taggart and Walt Bell couldn't figure it out. Willie Taggart and um, Kendall Bryles couldn't figure it out last year. There's a lot of arguing with uh, play calling and, mm-hmm. and the right way to go with things. And that's going to be different with the staff. And that should help Blackman. There's not going to be a lot of pulling in different directions. He'll be able to do his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the whole, the, definitely this last staff, having Hornybrook in there with the left-handed quarterback, and then you throw yeah. a Blackman in there, and then, you know, one takes a good drive, and then you throw in the other one. It was just a complete, complete, utter chaos of just stupidity, I think. I mean, that should not already be happening at Florida State, but that's a situation at hand. But there's definitely things Blackman has to fix, like Nate said. But there's a lot of things mentally, I think, more than anything. And there might be confidence factors, too. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of... Um, screws his own self up with his head mentally in situations where, you know, little short throws, definitely against a Virginia game. I mean, those throws are about as easy as it gets. Something's going on in his head um, and things weren't working out well. But the thing, like Dustin said, the chemistry between uh, Norvell and Dillingham, I think is going to play a good factor because these guys have worked with one another before. Mm -hmm. Um, Dillingham has talked about in press conferences saying, you know, sometimes if we don't agree on something, then we'll figure it out on the back end. We'll figure it out internally and we'll get to a better um, we'll figure out the situation, make it better uh, for the players and everything. It doesn't need to always be public and things going crazy. Um, they'll they'll work on making it the best for the players. So uh, I think the chemistry between Dillingham and Norvell will help, at least help James Blackman grow for yeah. sure. I mean, in 2019, the coaching was terrible and the offensive line was worse. So it can only go up for Blackman from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't deny that he's had – Really poor coaching, um, a really poor offensive line, but some of those, some of that offensive line play is, is some of his fault, and some of those hits he's taken is some of his fault. Same thing with uh, DeAndre Francois holding the ball longer, not making the right decisions. You know, not everything is on the offensive line. Um, I, I just not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I personally think Blackman would have been a guy that would have benefited from having the opportunity to redshirt during his true freshman season. He got thrown into the fire Absolutely. and it's been, it's been kind of tough for him ever since. If he would have got Absolutely. that developmental year all and like Francois, when it went down with the injury, I think he might be a completely different quarterback right now. But yeah, like you said, he's got a lot of things to clean up in his game. And I mean, Norvell is, is a quarterback developer. So Hopefully he can get the best out of James Blackman. And if not, he's got Chubba Purdy right behind him. So. Mm. Next question is from P. Maggi uh, on Discord. Asks, who do you all think will be the starting running back and why? So this, I think, was sent yesterday at 10.56. So obviously didn't get the Kalen LeBorn news until today. Uh, but still, who do you think will be the starting running back and why? I think you know he was thinking Kalen LeBorn and Corbin. But I think an easy mm. answer is Corbin. Yeah, I'd say Corbin, I, but a lot of different guys are going to get carries. Corbin's mm-hmm. not going to just dominate the carries like we've seen uh, guys like Cam Akers and Dalvin Cook do within the offense uh, throughout their careers. This is going to be a very, very balanced between guys. Now, when you look at what uh, Norvell's done, uh, he he's done the workhorse, you know, primary back, but he's also done it by committee. Um, and, and I, I think this is a, right now a by committee unit. I, I, I don't think that, um, you know, 
there's a, I don't think that Corbin is head and shoulders above everyone else. I think he's a really good player. Um, and, and I think he brings a lot of value being um, already a Division One player. But I, I, I don't think that, you know, he is a guy who's going to be, like like you said, a, a, a Cam or Dalvin that's going to get 20-plus carries a game. So next question is from ZB123 on Discord says, uh, Chubba Purdy plays, what's the chance Chubba Purdy plays in plus minus eight games or starts in plus minus six games? And some betting here. You, you want to go first, Dustin, or you, you want me to go first? Oh, Dustin, switch it since up. You, since you did the other one, I'll go, I'll go first <laughs> for this one. Because I know you're a big fan of Chubba. But I'll, uh-huh. I, I personally think Blackman is going to be the starter. So I'm going to say plays in eight. I'm going to say under because I don't think Florida State's going to blow out enough people and starts under under six. I think that Blackman's going to start game one, and then we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> uh, um, I, I think there is some truth to the talk. Uh, you know, the gossip, we'll call it the gossip uh, of – you know, Chubba's been doing a lot of install um, from, from from the time he signed was with uh, the coaching staff, and you know, there's some talk about him being in Florida with uh, with um, at some point doing some some stuff to uh, work with the team. Um, but also, I do think that. I think that he signed with Florida State for a reason. I don't think that, you know, I, I, I don't remember which podcast I said it on. I think that, you know, he was identified by Norvell and Dillingham, and things happen so quickly. Um, I, I don't think that he up and makes that switch without feeling that he can compete for the starting job very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do think that. Uh, I, I think it's hard to say, you know, the over under on these because we don't know how many games FSU is going to play. Um, you know, I, I think I think eight games out of ten would be the majority. So I I, I don't know yet. I, I I don't think he plays. It, it, if he's a starter, which I think he ends up being a starter, I think that I call it I call it a push at eight games that he appears in. I, I I'm calling push on both. I don't know yet, um, but I, I think that. He ends up being the guy. Next question is from Super Noel 2 asks, what is the chance that we land Michael Foster? I think he should be a great addition to the 21 class with Matthew Cleveland and Bryce McGowan. So a basketball question here. Yeah, right now it's kind of leaning towards G League. Um, I know the staff is re- – they feel confident that if he goes college that Florida State's in as good a position as any, but they're not – Putting all of their eggs in the Michael Foster basket in case he does in case he does decide to go pro. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards he's going pro right now. Um, and if G League throws him fat offer, I wouldn't expect him to turn it down. <laughs> you know, what do you think about guys like Cleveland or McGowan going that route? McGowan's what? is McGowan's is one of those players where th- this is going to sound negative, but it's actually a positive statement. He's I feel like he's closer to his ceiling than a lot of these high ranked players are. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleveland's more of a guy where education really matters to that family. Um, I know he wants to major in criminal justice. It's like he may be one of those five stars that stays for 
two or three years just because he loves a college lifestyle. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he he'll probably get a G League offer, um, but I fully expect him to stay in college. This next question is from Rock18. This is a good one here. Flashback to the offseason after winning the national championship in 2013. Who do you hire at defensive coordinator to replace Jeremy Pruitt? I got three guys, actually, who I put. Um, you know, if I could pick one guy, I'd pick Dave Aranda. Uh, I would look at Mike Elko and then Dave Womack. You know, oh, you know what he, Womack did at Ole Miss. You know they had the number one defense in the country in 2014, um, and they were high up there in 2013. Um, you look at, I think those three would, would would have been where where I would go. I'd say uh, Britt Venables because you probably could have got him cheaper in 2013, <laughs> and hey, you you would have looked into something great about right now. If we're gonna look at it realistic though, I. I'd, I think I would have rather gone with Odell than freaking Charles Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> right, if we're going to pr- promote from within, why pick the worst position coordinator? Come on, you didn't like Third and Kelly? God. Little no. <laughs> so you can't really hate on Kelly in terms of what he did at his position. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Telvin and you know, Terrence. Smith were really good players, and even going back to some of those other guys. But I mean, if we're choosing any of those guys, why him? Because uh, I, I, uh, I don't know, man. I think that <laughs> I think that was more just ha- having some um, Jimbo, Jimbo's love, having some yeah. carryover, and, and thinking that 2014 would be um, just as good as 13. You know, not trying to shake the boat too much, but. No, that backfired. <laughs> <laughs> this next question is from Luke Elmo three uh, two three two three. Dustin, are you still watching Elmo? Um, every now and then. Okay, I was just making sure. Uh, he asks, "Who is the biggest missed recruit in FSU football history?" Mm. Are we looking at this as not knowing how they? Probably. I think how, so. How, you know how they how they end up. I guess so. And it's hard to like you could go different ways with it, but probably you know that they, you know maybe how they did at other colleges and. Yeah. I, I'll throw a couple guys out there. Yeah. Ray Lewis. You know they 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 mm. didn't have room for him. Um, yeah, I think he was a prop forty eight possibility back then. I'm not sure, uh, but he wanted to go to Florida State and ended up at Miami. So imagine having him in sure. that 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 linebacker, uh, you know, chain of, of that whole dynasty time. That would have just been ridiculous. Um, you look at a couple other guys, Callahan Bright. You know, he he had all world potential as a defensive tackle. Um, Deshaun Platt from my hometown area um, was P Dub reincarnated, um, but he was just a complete idiot um, in, in terms of having someone take the SAT for him and get getting caught. And then, you know, one guy who always intrigued me was uh, Willie Downs. I think that he would have been very special at FSU. I want to play, take it a completely different route with revisionist history. Um, I remember both Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown wanted to come to Florida State. 
Uh, yeah. Rogers wanted Rogers wanted to come play f- for Bobby Bowen, wanted to be a part of that, and Bobby was like, "Nah, eh, no, we're good." And then Ant- Antonio Brown was just stupid, like he still is. <laughs> Couldn't get into school. But, but um, Aaron Rodgers was like 5'10", 160 pounds in high school. Yeah, I know. And well, even, this was out of JUCO. Like yeah. out of JUCO, he wanted to come to Florida State. And even, like then he'd grown a little bit. I think he was up to like six one, six two by then. Yeah. And n- now looking at it, you're like, man, <laughs> could have could have had him instead of freaking Xavier Lee. Yeah, and Joe Joe Mauer signed with Florida State out of high school yeah. as a five star quarterback, and then ended up going to MLB. I've got a signed football by Joe Mauer that says "Go FSU" on it. Nice. Yeah. I mean, who knows what he could have been? He still really loves Florida State. It's cool to see, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, obviously, when you're the what fourth pick in the draft or whatever it was, oh yeah, to I mean, play for your no hometown brainer. team, like yeah, there's no brainer in that one. Good to pull Kyler Murray. <laughs> this next question comes from Nate Greer on Discord. Asks, how come Dustin is such a pudwhacker? <laughs> I'll take this one. <laughs> you gonna take it or now, Dustin? No, I'm just kidding. I don't have an answer. As usual, no answer from Dustin. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that is why he's such a pudwhacker. That's the answer. <laughs> uh, this next question is from Shrimpton4. A lot of new people in here in Discord. Uh, let's see. If the season is canceled or severely impacted before National Signing Day uh, 2021, how does that affect each of the big three? My assumption is that it benefits Miami significantly and hampers FSU the most. I think he answered his own question. Yeah, your um, assumption is correct. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at that that whole South Florida area is always talented. And I, I think that I've been saying it. I think I said it on a podcast here. I've been saying it on Twitter. I think that you're going to see a lot of these kids start to stay home, very at least a lot more regional, um, you know, with, with, the, with the virus and a lot of uncertainty of what's going on outside of the world of sports. And the impact it's having on families financially and jobs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it's right for the taking for Miami to keep all those kids at home. Um, you know, not having a season and watching Manny Diaz and his staff fumble and blunder around because of such <laughs> shitty coaches um, would be extremely beneficial for Miami. I think Florida State needs a season to show some progress. Um, you know they they need they needed spring they needed the 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 camp season they needed all that to kind of show the vision and prove what they're saying so I think if a season is canceled and, and delayed or you know what whatnot I think that it's going to really hurt Florida State in terms of not being able to sell um, the, the turnaround where Florida you know Florida's coming off two back to back ten win seasons um, we all know that Dan Mullen can't recruit for for Jack. Um, you know, they're, they're going to continue to take uh, highly ranked, shitty character kids. Um, they'll continue to do that. So, you know, Miami's going to definitely benefit by all those kids staying home. They're already benefiting because yep. they landed James Williams yep. out of really nowhere, it felt like. It, it seemed like he was Georgia-bound forever mm-hmm. uh, just, just last week. And then also four-star running back Thaddeus Franklin officially yep. shut down his recruitment. And I believe they got they got another receiver as well. So yeah, Miami, they got Bernard Smith. Yeah, Miami rolling right now on the yeah. recruiting trail. They've got 21 commits. Yeah. Not even August. 
and I'm, it, it is what it is. You know, it's great you get the guys in there, but you know, until Manny Diaz and show that he can coach, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, they've been decommit you for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I will give him props. James Williams, the best safety in Florida since Derwin. He's a really good player. Um, but you know, I, I'm not as high on the Palmetto kids as others. I think you know they're they've kind of leveled out in terms of ability. Um, but you know, Taylor is definitely the the best of that group. But you know, you, you look at. You know, when when a school has a lot of highly ranked kids, it's always the lower tier kids that that do better in college. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I think a guy like Edwards, who's defensive back there, that's kind of not being recruited very heavily in state, could be a guy that goes somewhere uh, and blows up. And you know, I use the Levante David example. Went to Nebraska, wasn't very highly rated or recruited. On, on that Northwestern team and turns out to be the best of that whole group. So, you know, you just don't know how things are going to work out. Um, but long story short, yes, Miami will be hugely impacted by, by COVID. <laughs> this next question is from Ed Kennedy VR mod here on the discord. He asks, what is the most overrated restaurant in Tallahassee that is a staple for the city? And why is it overrated? Mm. I, I, I said Gordo's. Um, because the food's horrible. I just don't. Think there goes the Gordo sponsorship. Yeah, I say if Gordo's, if you're listening or you're about to sponsor us, yeah, uh, that's Nate. Yeah. Greer. So, so, he so does... I don't live in Tallahassee. Um, so <laughs> uh, I, I, I do visit Tallahassee. I'm not a fan of your food. That's not to say that you would be a great sponsor, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, the, the, the food is horrible. We can save it. It, it. it is not uh, not worth the hype. I would have to. I was thinking. I would have to say Hobbit, honestly, because I I don't really think it's that good, uh, and it is ridiculously whoa. overpriced. I mean, dude, I go in there, I get a burger, ten wings, the fries that come on my damn meal, and a drink, and it's like forty five bucks. Jesus, whoa, a that's good. a damn meal. You're getting ten wings and it's a burger. 40, and it's forty five bucks. That's ridiculous. I mean, I was, if I get corn nuggets, it's suddenly sixty. <laughs> <laughs> Who actually Solid. eats corn nuggets? Uh, Dustin Lewis. Man, <laughs> no wonder you're this man for no. I didn't even you. mention the pretzel bites. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Pretzel bites, Jesus! You're gonna, that's a hundred dollar tab. That's what I'm saying, bro. That is I, ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'd forgotten about Hobbit, but I completely agree with their, like they're way overrated. Everyone wants to go to Hobbit when they get in town. I'm like, why? It's horrible. There's so many better wing places in Tallahassee. Like Florida, like thirteen bucks for ten wings. Florida Wing Factory is the best wings in Tallahassee. Don't get okay. started on that. Um, but since he took Hobbit, um. And Nate took Gordo's. I mean, like, what's left? Is, is are we counting Gumby's as a staple? Is, is yeah. that still a staple anymore? No, it's that, was, that was a staple when my parents were there. And that was the nineties. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think you can. Honest, I, honestly, I'm I, I'm going to go Jim and Milt's. And oh. that's a very bold claim. Oh. No, come after you big time. But no. I, I think there's quite a few better 
barbecue restaurants in Tallahassee than Jim and Milt's. And I apologize to them because great, great restaurant, great people, but you know, food's all right. You just stabbed Dustin in the stomach, and he's bleeding out in front of our own eyes. I have my webcam on right now. My mouth would just be. <laughs> well, thank God it's not on. We don't really want to see it, but. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, now that's tough. I um. Shocker. Since I since uh I kind of do the management and try to get sponsorships and stuff. I'm not even going to say a name. I, I just really would love to have a sponsorship. Smart. So I'll go eat wherever you want me to eat, and I will love it, and I'll talk really, really good things about it a lot. Unless a it's lot. at Island Wing Company, because that place is trash. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Great. I was about to DM them tomorrow. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I don't want wow. them to sponsor us. Oh, wow. my Lord. I don't want to call it a staple here, but they do have good baked wings. Uh, probably not as good as Nate's. Sauce and take it somewhere else. Uh, you picked the wrong wings, and you had a burger at a wing place. Bro, they baked That's their fries. They were disgusting. I got a burger Ooh. and wings to try it out, and it was it was all bad. The sweet tea trash. <sighs> okay, yeah, I know. Me and you like our sweet teas, and we go to Sunny's like every time we meet up. Do you but... remember how bad it was? Uh, it was tough. I can taste it right. Now. I had a beer though. Go to Bojangles for sweet tea, man. I've never I had can. I got there. taken. I got Bojangles, man. Bojangles. Logan offered to pay for Island Wing Company, which was a terrible decision. I should have just bought my own meal. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you grow up? All right, next question. We got way more to go. Let's get going here. Uh, let's see. This is another one from Ed Kennedy. Which would you rather have? Recruits being allowed to return to campus effective September 1st, but early signing day remains as scheduled, or outright restrict? Um, official official visit nationwide through National Signing Day, but they eliminate early signing day. Holy shit, that's a lot to kind of mentally get back. I would I would much rather uh, Dustin's, Dustin's about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> I'd much rather the 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 visits be delayed and postpone early signing day. Uh, I, I think that a lot of coaches would probably agree with that because they really haven't had the time to get kids on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and kind of really bolster and form those relationships. That, that That's just my, my take on it. Uh, next question is from Big Guard University says, part two of Ed's question, what's the most underrated food in Tallahassee? Jim and Milk. Okay. That, that one, okay. <laughs> Florida Wing Factory, hands down. It's kind of like on the outskirts of Tallahassee. Um it's like it's like 30 minutes from campus, 25 minutes from campus, but it's absolutely worth it. Ones. They've got that express location that's not too far from campus, but yeah, Florida Wing Factory, hands down. You get the boneless wings or the bone-in wings? Boneless wings are chicken nuggets with flavor. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank ask. Boneless wings are phenomenal. Okay. Stop. I'm not saying See? I'm not saying they're bad. Cakes. I'm not saying they're bad, but they're not wings. Well, wings aren't wings either. Bone ends. <laughs> we'll get into a whole argument about this for at least 10 <laughs> minutes. It's about to unravel real quick. Uh, underrated food? I think every restaurant in Tallahassee is underrated. That's why I think you should sponsor this <laughs> podcast. If you hear this beer, you can email me at or logan at nolgandy.com. I think your restaurant, if, if you're listening, I think your restaurant is widely underrated. And we're going to get it out there in front of thousands and thousands of people. Hit me up. 
Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin's probably going to say the same thing. I don't really have anything to say. I said Jim Miltz. Okay. Here's Bring it back. Miltz. My dad would like that. My dad loved going to Jim and Miltz, so he that's why you and him will probably get along. They have day. fair pricing and solid portions and great sweet tea. What more can you ask for? <laughs> True. We are not I, fans of you, Austin. I, I don't really have one, to be honest with you. Um, you know, uh, whenever I come to Tallahassee, I eat two things. I eat Whataburger and I Good eat... Choice. I, I um, I, I'm a big fan of Mellow Mushroom. I used to eat that all the time. Oh, not Momos! Oh, yeah. come on! Oh, I knew that was coming. I, 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 well, Mellow Mushrooms oh. closed, buddy. So you better yeah, find these. So, 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 I've had Momos once, and it was really good. Momos um, is incredible. You get the Bradley's Country Sausage on it. And, and I, I always got a, I always got to shut out Guthrie's, and nothing beats the Guthrie's. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Box, so. But that is properly rated because it's elite. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if I had to pick an underrated, um, I, I don't think Bojangles gets enough love from my time of living in North Carolina. Nothing beats a fresh-made um, biscuit chicken sandwich with some cheer wine. Going to disagree, but, you know. Mm. You can disagree all you want, but you're wrong. Whataburger biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, someone's in the back... Is that the wife? That, that's wife. the wife saying that what that Whataburger is the most underrated place in Tallahassee. Yeah, I am right there. With, Very, I mean, I love Whataburger. It's definitely yeah. properly rated just because it is also elite. Yes. Whenever it doesn't take me 25 minutes to get through the drive-through, it's a great day. Yeah, maybe if you wouldn't go through at two in the morning. That's you would think that'd that's be the, the best. That's the prime it. time to go. No, it's not. I went at yeah. one fifteen the other night, and I was 11th in line. I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait it out. <laughs> you waited it out. You waited it out. I don't have anything else to do. I was like, eh, whatever. You could be getting some it was articles, damn good. Edited, articles I, edited. There's maybe. I, I've done my job. <laughs> Two years and post them on time. The articles and drafts oh. would say otherwise. Oh. I don't see any. <laughs> Looking right, good I, on my end. <laughs> oh wait <laughs> yeah there is still one from charleston anyway there one in there. yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> next question is from bob pier asks any chance this is odell's last season on staff and we'll try to like run through these kind of quickly here yes so. there's a Odell now they don't hate him it's just you know he's he's getting a little up there it's it's time I, I, I think mentally and, and physically, you know. Like old he, yeller? It, 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 it's time, man. Yeah. It's time. Just, it's time. I agree. I, I think this is – I didn't think it was going to be his last season, but, you know, we were talking about the follow the follows earlier. I've been looking through Odell's follows whenever I do my follow the follows. He's just been following some, like, pro fishermen. Not even any recruits, just pro fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to put that out on Twitter, but <laughs> – uh, on the podcast. <laughs> he, he, he he deserves a proper send off though. You know. Oh he, yes. Oh yeah. I, I I don't think he's wanted to go out with how FSU is. I think he wanted to leave it on a high note. But you know, you can't really control control that. So as yeah. much as I, I, I hate for Odell to 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 leave FSU with how it is, it, it's it's just time to move on. Next question is from P. Madge again. Uh, what uh, more food? What's y'all's favorite pizza spot in Tallahassee? Momos, easy. A- at a debate. 
Yeah, move on. I would say Brooklyn Pizza is pretty solid. Shut up. No. <laughs> Omos is good. Brooklyn Pizza's pretty Stop. good. Stop. Like, they're di- they're different. They're different. When I was in college and I'd go home to visit my parents, they would make me go to Momo's and pay for their own pizza and drive it three hours home to Jacksonville just so they could have Momo's. It's that good. Good for them. It's an elite spot. And you not saying Momo's makes me question your judgment. You said Momo's, so I said Brooklyn Pizza. We We can have different pizza spots enter this space. I also wanted to mention Gain Street Pies. It's pretty solid. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this. I had I had this new new spot called Munchies. What? You've had Munchies for a long while. They've got, uh, the only, they've got the only deep dish pizza in Tallahassee. That is a big deal. The fact that you like deep dish says a lot about. I don't. You. I don't like yeah. deep dish. I'm just saying, if you like deep dish, they've got it. Are you you advertising well, for them? You might as well make lasagna. They're not even a sponsor, Dustin. Jesus. I hit him up. I got to connect. <laughs> I door dash that bit. <laughs> uh, my, what's my favorite pizza spot in Tallahassee? Uh, anyone that wants to sponsor us in pizza spots, <laughs> they will be my favorite. <laughs> they will be my Except favorite. Papa pizza John's. Spot. That's trash. I will. I'm willing to go to the Papa John's route. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Uh, this comes to the second question from me. Uh, P. Mod uh, J asked, "Why was Laborn removed from the team? Um, extracurricular activities? Is that what we can say?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if you if, if you want your answer, go on YouTube Which and Google Google uh, um, the song "Mary Jane" by. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Yo>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. There's your answer. Uh, Social Noel eighteen. Uh, never mind. You don't have a question. You're just talking in the chat. Cool. Uh, who will be thanks running back to? There. Yeah, thanks for being in the chat. Always. Uh, again, P Modgay says, "Who will be running back to since LeBorn is gone?" I think we talked about this earlier, but I think a lot of us agreed that uh, Ladamian Webb or yeah, Ladamian Webb for me at least. That's my take. Mine too. No disagreements here. Uh, Bob Pierre asks, any expectations for Jordan Wilson to contribute this year? Uh, Dustin, you have your depth chart uh, projections, and you put some stuff together. Who is going to be – is Jordan Wilson going to put in some time this year, you think? I've got him listed as a starter right now just because he's a veteran and has a lot of experience. But I think him him and Cam McDonald will, be, will get a lot of time together because Norvell likes to run uh, – Two tight end sets. And I think Wilson will be more of the, the blocker in those scenarios while um, McDonald will be going out for passes. Yeah, I mean, Norvell runs 30% tight end, double tight end. So, you know, he's going to play a lot. There's a reason why he's coming to Florida State as a grad transfer. Um, I do agree with Dustin that he's going to be – I think he'll, he won't necessarily be known for his um, – Catching passes while he, I think he'll be someone that can, you know, be a guy that catches 10 to 15 balls. He's definitely going to be an added piece in, um, in, in the running run game and being a, being a blocker. Uh, just to throw this out here before we move on to the Twitter questions, I just got an email confirmation from OnlyFans from Hi Tony Pierce. 
So I guess someone's got a OnlyFans of me. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I guess I now have an OnlyFans. I did not need that bit of information. I got Tony Pierce to set up an account for me, supposedly. So I got to send in my email confirmation. So cool stuff there. <laughs> I'll subscribe. Oh, God. All right. Let's definitely. I should have never said anything. Uh, Twitter questions here from our followers. Let's see. Uh, first one comes from Heath, our big time listener. Shout out to him. Says, has anyone heard anything about if Atkins, Coach Atkins, has reached out to Malachi Hayden? Stud offensive tackle in high school would be a stud interior guy opposite of Dante Lucas. Um, no. I think the main reason why is right now he's 6'2", 270. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy. I think he's very um, very similar to a couple other guys FSU has on the board that they have not offered. So while, while I think he could be someone that could – we'll see how he – Develops, you know, he if you watch the tape, he is a good player. He's from Tennessee. Um, not sure, you know, he would be a tackle you know, a, a, on the next level. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think, you know, at 6'2, 270, you're looking at a center, um, not necessarily a, um, a guy that can play guard. He doesn't look like he, he's built like Aaron Donald, so he's he's jacked, he's very physically in shape, um, doesn't have the longest arms, which you need for. An offensive lineman that short, um, so I mean I don't think right now he he's on that's on the board. Next question comes from T Will underscore twenty three says hypothetically if Trevor Lawrence opted out of the twenty twenty season, what percentage would you give Florida State to beat them? Fifteen. I was gonna say ten. What was it gonna start off as? Oh, never mind. Oh, it was definitely zero. It was zero with Trevor Lawrence, ten without. Like negative fifty with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it, 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 they they will play Clemson one hundred times with Trevor Lawrence and lose one hundred times right now. <laughs> and I hate saying that because I hate Clemson. I think Dabo Sweeney's a douchebag, and I think he's got a lot of skeletons in his closet. They're you know all eventually fall out. I allow Tiger Woods one day. Um, you know, you know guys who preach the Bible and thumping of, of Jesus, my savior. Um, and, and behind the scenes is it just a dirt bag. Um, I, 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 just, I, I hate those kind of guys. So um, I would, I can't wait for them to fall off from grace, but right now, you know, Florida state has no shot of being Clemson. Um, if they had no Trevor Lawrence, I think they, they would lose by 25 instead of 50. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the Instagram questions. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of these are all over the place. So obviously the big one, I think we had multiple questions from Andy, Clayton, Swartz, uh, Bush, uh, Jake. A lot of questions I think, I think you should start with Andy's question. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's pretty much asking what happened with LeBorn. We answered it earlier. Um so, yeah, that one's over with. That was pretty much a majority of these Instagram ones. Uh, let's see. What Brit, I think Brittany's asking here, or Britt Newsom's asking, what game ever was FSU's worst game? 2006 Wake Forest? Yeah, exactly. Is there any other argument? Uh, personally, yeah, I think there's one argument. 
97 Sugar Bowl losing the Florida for the national title. Yeah, that's pretty brutal too. Wow. I mean, granted, that was. Yeah, I hated that. That, so. that. that 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 physically is my worst game ever. I broke my toe kicking the wall. Oh no! <laughs> oh, damn. Like I'd like to toss uh, 2016 Louisville in the ring. Yep, and I would, I would also like to toss a win in there. This past year's or this last year's game against uh, Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> or that what Stanford about? game in 2018. That was bad too. Oh. Even going back to um. The Boston College game, I think it was what 2017. 35-3. No, no, it was pouring down rain. It was at home. It may have been 2018. It was pouring down rain. It was like 19 to 17. It was brutal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. I would. uh, It wasn't like Florida State's worst game. I mean, it was a close game, but like just to brutally affect fans and definitely. I mean, my family was at the game in Atlanta, but having. That kick six happened against uh, them. Oh, I mean, that was – I mean, the timeline, I think that's when it just killed itself. FSC Twitter immediately kind of just uh, went to a bathtub and kind of got <laughs> well, the blades. Well, dropped well, the toaster. Well, yeah. Well, Florida State is – I mean, you go to that game, and since then, they, you know, it's been a shit show. Mm, you know? Literally. I think just remember they they like asked uh, Roberto Aguayo about the kick six that happening at Alabama. He's like, oh, that would never happen against me. I'd make the tackle. And he ends up tackling <laughs> the wrong person. Yes. <laughs> he tackled the wrong guy. Oh, Jesus. Let's don't even bring that up anymore. It's brutal. Uh, this next question is from Trent Whitten. Asks, how much does Blackman weigh now? Uh, I believe around two, 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 five, two, ten. I'll say, if anyone knows, it's definitely Logan. In the back of his head, bro. He knows that one. Oh, yeah. We keep a close eye on Blackman. But, yeah, around 205, 210. He actually was – never mind. No, I'll, I'll be a little bit more freaky if I know, like, how much weight he's gained every month. That sounds a little bit too You much. already know. Just go ahead and say it. Just say it. <laughs> No, straight from the straight from the spring, they were giving him uh, special little shakes, him and Gainer. But he at the start of spring, he was over two hundred, so he might be around like that two ten now. We'll see. What's Which, what's his waist size now, Logan? His waist size? Yeah, got the measurements. Go suck a ding dong. You know there might be sponsors that want to sponsor, so I'm only eliminating myself to three cuss words tonight. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is from Dayton Humphrey. How is the offensive line coming along? Slowly. Next, <laughs> it can't get worse. Next question. I mean, it can, but yeah. it can't. Uh, yeah, coming along. We we had no spring to work with, so they're they're yeah. there. They're there. They're. We think they're there. They'll they'll be improved, so they'll go from god awful to bad. That's, and that's that's nice upgrade. Yes, yes. Uh, let's see. Chicano two K fourteen asks, "You confident in a season being played?" I Me, yes. I am not. I am it's, not. It's different. Like we're seeing it with the NBA. The NBA is able to do this bubble because you only need twenty five to thirty people per team, and that's mm-hmm. really stretching it. We're seeing it with the MLB now where these guys are still having to travel and the Marlins have, what, 13 positive COVID cases 17. the other day? 17, yeah. So yeah. it's impossible to do these bubbles with college football and the NFL. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm really skeptical on a season happening. I think college basketball will happen. Um, just again, they may limit it to conference play only and just do bubbles, but um, I, I'm more confident on college basketball than college football. I, I think college football would happen if they moved to like, you know, more regional, like a, like a Florida State playing FAU, FIU, UCF, USF, keeping yeah. it though that close. Um, even if you play a conference game, you know, going up to Syracuse, I, I don't know if that's really physically phys- feasible right now. Um, I don't know if it's smart right now either, though. So, I mean, maybe they follow the JUCO route and play in spring. I don't know. I, I, I'm just not 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 confident seasons played, which hurts my feelings. I'm optimistic, and Nate's being Debbie Downer tonight, and Austin's just a usual Debbie Downer. So I'm saying that there is going to be a football season being played. You say it's Debbie coming. Downer, can, but we, we say realistic. Yeah. yeah, I'm optimistic and realistic. I think it's going to be played. These teams need some money, even, even though you're not going to get them from stands and whatnot, but TV oh. deals are going to do it. I mean, the TV but, deals, what they're going to do is they're going to look at how every frigging game that's being played on national television is shattering records. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to just present that and, and make a shit ton of money off of it, I think. And I just cussed. That's my fourth cuss. I just screwed it up there. I don't know. I'm optimistic, though. Fingers are crossed. I just feel it in the air. It's coming. It, it's just going to be... It, it's one of those things. I'm just gonna go because I hate you. Um, there, it would be. It would have to be one of those things where it's similar to a bubble where they all go to one city. I don't think you can have them travel and make it realistic. Like all the ACC teams would have to go to Charlotte, where you can play at UNC Charlotte's campus, Bank of America Stadium, these other schools or these other stadiums that are around Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And the SEC would maybe have to go to Atlanta and do the same thing with Georgia Tech and Mercedes Benz Dome and things like that. I just don't. I mean, what are you going to do next season? I mean, eventually you're going to have to play, and some kids are not going to be able to play the game. You just have to get it going here. What are we going to do yeah, next? You're going to do the whole same deal again. By next season, you'll hopefully have a vaccine. We're not even close yeah. right now. It'll be like required for every college student to have the vaccine. By the time that's ready, though, I'll have a gray beard. I'm sure. Well, we'll see what happens in 98 days. Now. Yeah. You know what happens in 98 days, right? Uh, Dustin grows fish hair. I don't even know what's happening tomorrow, much less 98 days. The election. Oh, gosh. So. We'll, yeah, we'll, that'll we'll, be real fun. We'll, we'll see how prevalent COVID is, but that's a whole yeah. different discussion. Uh, this is next question from Knowles.access asks, uh, QB room. That's all that it is. Uh, you have three QB different I, questions there, bro. Well, there's three, but we've already touched on the offensive line, and the other one's just upcoming season. So, uh, are, are they like asking it. what how we think it unfolds, or yeah, probably unfolds. I'm guessing I, I think just we're a quick about little preview. Little yeah, I, I, I think you probably start the season with Blackman. I don't think he's going to be the guy. I've already said how much I'm not a fan of him. I think that you know Jordan Travis does not fit this offense because he just is unable to hit the broad side of a barn. Um, you know, what he can bring as a runner. I think that, you know, maybe Norvell has something for him in, in, a, in a special package. You know, he, he is a really good runner, but um, and I, I think it comes down to, you know, you're looking at, at Blackman versus Purdy with possibly, you know, Tate being a third guy. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, Travis really has a role in this team moving, moving forward. If, 
we're still talking about Kendall Bryas and, and, and Willie Taggart. I think it's a different story. Uh, this next question. Uh, hey, Logan, do you miss me? No. Uh, that was actually a question. Let's see here. No, sorry. Shout out, JC. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a good, mean person. Uh, and we kind of already did this with, over here with Jordan. He asked, is COVID-19 benefiting Miami recruiting and hurting at FSU and UF recruiting? We kind of went over that mm-hmm. earlier. That was a good question from our Discord fam. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kenny Joyce 15 asks, I personally think this can be a top 25 defense. With these new coaches, what do you think? Um, go ahead, Dustin. If you can go first. I would... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes because I think Florida State still has a lot of talent on defense, especially up front now on that interior defensive line. Um, if the linebackers can take a step forward under Chris Marv and those those talented DBs can finally start showing it consistently, I think the defense could look very good. And I, I mean, you've got Adam Fuller, who is a solid defensive coordinator. Obviously, Marcus Woodson coming over from Auburn, Odell. John Papuchas. I'm I'm excited to see what the defense is gonna do. They've got some guys. So, you know, I, I agree that, you know, FSU is not lacking. Uh, I think that it comes down to a pass rush and what they can do generating um getting pressure to the quarterback, which is something they, they struggled with the last couple of years since Burns left. Um, but you know, going from Near 100, up to 25, I think it, it is a lot to ask. I think making the top 35 would be would be a major feather in his cap. You know, when he when he went to uh, Memphis, so just look at look at Memphis last year. In 2018, they were 94th in scoring, and, and 94th also in um, you know, and yards allowed. Um, in 2019, they went up to 47 and 54. So, you know, uh, a, a huge improvement from year over year he did the same thing at marshall um you know at marshall in 2018 i think he was only one of three teams that didn't allow a 100 yard rusher so you know he's a really good coach um you know as dustin said there's a lot of good assistance that they brought to the team uh i, I think if they get top 25 you're looking at a florida state team that might be um a top 15 team yeah, and you're also going to need some guys to stay healthy. I mean, you're going to, mm-hmm. Kando has got to stay healthy. Um, Hamza has got to stay healthy, and also mm-hmm. also would be guys that are coming off injuries from last year. Absolutely. This next question comes from Jarvis underscore Jordan. It says, how are the developmental tackles, Chaz Neal, uh, Willis, and Jalen Goss, uh, how are they coming along? Uh, I I, I don't know if you consider Willis a developmental guy. He's a freshman. Uh, from from all Willis, yeah. from all, all reports, you know, he was a guy who progressed very well as a senior. You know, a guy who's six seven, three ten. I think he's definitely the the left tackle of, of the future. There's a lot of guys that are that follow South Florida recruiting and those teams that are really high on him and how he can develop as a, 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 a as a tackle. Um, I definitely think he's far and away the better out of those three guys. I just don't really expect much of, of Neil or 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 or, or Gosh yet. So I, I just don't. 
I don't, I don't see it. Uh, if FSU has to depend on those two guys, um, it's going to be an issue. Yeah, I would just say they're <clears throat> they're still under development. Yes, <laughs> but they they, they, had, they had good coaching last year. Clements is a good coach, um, and, and they have another solid coach coming in, Atkins, and, and that can make a, ma- a major difference. But they are what they are. There are major projects coming in. Um, you know, Neil being a move over from defense and, and you know, Jalen being 240 pounds coming in, you know, very, very, very thin. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what Atkins can do. Yeah. Like you said, it's been really tough for Goss to gain weight so far mm-hmm. over his career. And then Chaz Neal kind of been the opposite. He's completely reshaped his body. I think I, I was doing the math on an article I wrote a couple weeks ago. He's added 82 pounds since arriving in Tallahassee, and that's just he looks continued, great. Continued, yeah, continued over this off season, and I think with Alex Atkins there, who was really a, a tutor on the offensive line, that's mm-hmm. going to be really big for him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and, and Goss is up to 270, so it's not like he's small, but uh, he he's not going to. He's not going to hold up against defensive ends who are 285, 290 coming off the ball. This next question is going to be coming from Leo Sursus asks, you think they will make a multi-million dollar football only facility? What is the deal with that? So maybe asking for an update here on this and regarding the football only facility. We know that Willie Taggart at some point made a pretty decent donation, but that's probably going to be reversed backwards and he's going to keep that moolah. Um, but obviously, also big competition. Yeah. Obviously, and then also the Clemson's got their football-only facility. Florida State's been lacking in that area, and really what they have is the more, and I think the main problem, too, is for uh, having the more there and having to deal with also scheduling your workouts with other sports teams in there. I think track and field works out in there along with some other uh, teams. Uh, It causes for a lot of just – a lot of, you know, you have to rely on different scheduling and different stuff like that. If you could just have a football only facility, they could just be able to prepare on their own workouts and classes would be able to be managed a little bit better scheduling wise. But, um, we haven't heard too much about it, but we know that it look it looks nice. The, uh, the, the I think it happens. Wins score all. FSU starts to win that money is going to come magically, uh, magically appear. This next question comes from Cole Quintanilla. Will there be any way to evaluate Norvell and his staff if there is no season? Uh, probably not. Keep uh, watching. <clears throat> just keep watching what they're doing on the recruiting trail and how they're yeah. getting kids to buy in. Mm-hmm. It would be even more impressive if the recruiting class finishes in the top 15 without a season because it shows that even – even without them putting their product on the field at Florida State in the first year, they got guys to buy into what they're trying to develop the future of the program into. Absolutely. You know, th- this class and next class are going to be, you know, it's going to separate the true evaluators from, from, the, from the other colleges. So, you know, they really haven't had much of an opportunity to really truly in person evaluate. So, I, you know, Whoever comes out of these two years 
uh, I, you know, that's who you got to really look at as the elite, elite evaluators of, uh, of college football. And I'm not saying it because I'm a Florida State fan. I just think that Norvell's up there in terms of his ability to evaluate and find the guys that he wants in his, in, in, you know, on both sides of the ball. Last two questions here of the night. This is coming from Bit, Britt Newsom again. Why isn't FSU known? Why isn't FSU as known as other schools? And this might be just in what context? Personal question. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in, in terms of like recruits, because in, for for football, I mean, the logo still moves a decent mm-hmm. amount of weight. I mean, yes. even when we're sucking, we're moving national headlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball is getting there. I mean, you're seeing that on the recruiting trail right now. Blue mm-hmm. chips are constantly putting Florida State in their top five, top nine, top ten, top whatever. Um, I really don't think we're that unknown. I think we've got one of the biggest out-of-state fan bases nationwide. If anything, I'd say, why is FSU more known than other schools right now? That'd be a better yeah. question. <laughs> I, I, I think if you look at recruiting-wise, yeah, um, you know, the on product, the product on, on field, but I, I agree with Austin that, you know, regardless of what's happening with FSU, you know, it, it's still making headlines on ESPN. Um, you know, with that whole thing with Marvin Austin, it was, you know, all over their talk shows and everything. So FSU still holds a lot of national attention. Um, and, and, and as basketball grows, as they continue to have success with all these other sports that they are, that helps the brand as a whole. But I think Florida State still is a national brand. So I don't really see, you know, them not really being known, known as others. Yeah, Florida State and news-wise and everything nationally still moves the needle. Look at the Marvin Wilson thing. It was yep. up for 10 minutes. And like Marvin Wilson pretty much said on air on ESPN when he did his interview last week, he was like, I was pretty shocked how quickly that got out across the whole country. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was... Especially when Clemson was happening at the exact same time. He's yep. been the, one of the national powers the last five years. Nothing. Nothing. You have FSU who's sucked for three years and here they are on every first headline mm-hmm. yeah so Florida State's still here and that's why Mike Norvell hopefully and staff and company is going to bring it up into a positive note instead of negativity mm-hmm. the last couple of years uh, the last question too is from Britt Newsom asking what should the stadium or field it should just be stadium what should the stadium be named next so this has kind of been a quiet topic the last couple of weeks no really big updates from thrasher and company nothing too huge on what they want to do to maybe if they are going to change the doke uh, campbell stadium name um but if you guys and we were going to change it what would we name it to going full sellout public stadium <laughs> <laughs> no that, that was my answer too no Bobby, way. Bobby Bowenfield at Public Stadium. Let's go. Honey Butter Stadium, baby. Honey Butter? <laughs> honey Butter Biscuit Stadium. But it just sounds honey better at Honey Butter. Oh, my gosh. I thought you didn't know what it, what, what it was called. I was nervous there for a second. Sell it to the high, highest bidder, and, and there's your football league facility. Could you just imagine <laughs> pub subs in the middle of a game? Oh, my Ooh. God. Woo. I don't know if I'd really be able to sit in the stands. I'd just be, be going to get my second half sub that I already ate the first half for. <laughs> I I would actually buy food inside the stadium if that was the case. I think everyone would. It, it would lead to the same problem we have with the Champions Club where no one's in there because they're inside eating food and enjoying the air conditioning. 
Yeah, they need to figure that out too. My dad sits up there, and I've been up there for a few games with them, and either either they got to start letting more people up there so whenever it's a national televised games like that at least that side of the stadium is packed because if you look at i think clemson's has the same kind of template with their club seating up there if i'm correct and it seems pretty packed in theirs but if you look at florida states it's pretty dumb it's like 50 50 almost for Mm -hmm. some games because they're inside and most of them are just money people that are over there to conversate and enjoy a game because they'll fly in for like the three game package. So they'll just be there to network and hang out and drink. But um, we got to get some like real fans in there that like want to watch the game. Like, although the last couple of seasons, though, I mean, <laughs> not that much to watch. Yeah, even probably, the real fans want to watch the game. Let me ask a question for you guys is like with Florida State doing poorly the last couple of seasons. Does it do you guys lose a drive of watching other college football games? Hell no. Yeah, college football is far and away my favorite sport. I I watch Southern Tech versus you know Northern State if that's on TV. You know I I love college football, so it just pisses me off more than anything <laughs> knowing that you know FSU is. You look at LSU and you know their kind of rise under a guy who was a freaking bust at Ole Miss. You know so. Uh, part of it is luck and luck of the draw. I think that plays a part, but you know it's also hires and you know your support staff, which FSU has done a really poor job at. Um, it, it just makes you really piss off as a fan that they've let it get to that point. I would say it makes things a little bit less exciting. Like if there's a if there's a really big game on that I'm watching, you know, normally I'd be like, all right, let's see, like uh, Ohio State's number four, FSU's. Number seven, I want to watch this game and see how good they are compared to FSU, and maybe they're going to play each other in a bowl game down the line or something like that. Now it's like Ohio State's number four and FSU's number 134. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does it matter? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Not- now, now this Ohio State versus Northwestern game doesn't really matter as much to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, now- I'm kind of the same way with I'm I'm the same way with Dustin like. Like, if there's a huge game on, yeah, I'll watch. But, like, I only watched one of the playoff games from this past year, I think. And then, obviously, the national championship. But um, it just doesn't draw me in. And, obviously, I'm more college basketball now. Part of be, part of being in, with the basketball team for three years, you kind of grow out of college football a little bit just because you're on basketball 24-7. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely weird flex. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Florida State basketball is very – you there. are part of Florida State basketball. <laughs> like, they don't want you yeah. wearing football shirts, soccer shirts. It's a basketball team. Um, so it, that kind of helped me grow out of college football. But, yeah, I still watch a lot of it, just near, not nearly as much as I did when we were good. Mm-hmm. I think I've lost a lot of drive, I'll be honest. I mean, I – probably watched more NFL the last couple of seasons than college football. And I used to love college football, but whenever FSU is not in the mix and there, you can't even watch Florida state games and cover them to really like get any kind of drive of like, Oh my gosh, do they have a chance to get up up there and compete with Clemson and just your division? Like that's not even a game. Like that's not even a chance. Like after five weeks into the season, then there's a, a, you kind of, I just lose a lot of the interest. I don't really care about the ACC standings. And then if you think nationally, I'm like, well, Florida State being a top 40, you know, I just kind of, lo- I just lose a lot of drive just watching. And I've when lost you're in, a lot of drive lost watching college football. When you're in dogfights with Louisiana Monroe, it just sucks the soul out of you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then uh, I think it, what hurts is you go and then you look at another team like your prime time games and see what discipline is and mm-hmm. like how good a team is really and you know not want not complaining with each other and stuff and just really good coaching like it 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 probably sucks for FSU fans to watch that and then see you know what it, what's going on in Tallahassee and be like well. And, and, and for me, I, you know, being someone that follows recruiting so closely, I like to see how kids, you know, develop and, and, and you know, how, how they do in college, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's one reason why I'm so big on, on college ball is it, just following those kids and see how they how they progress. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to end it off for this podcast, an hour and 40 minutes, about, I think, an hour and 20 minutes of that as full questions and answered. So definitely appreciate everybody from Discord. Discord's been blowing up, over 1,200 members on there. Uh, thank you guys for sending any questions along with the Instagram family and then the Twitter guys uh, that threw a couple in there too. I really appreciate it. Um, next week, I think we're going to tr- get here and start previewing like uh, depth uh, depth chart projections. Dustin uh, just released all of them, offense, defense, and special teams. So I think that's when we'll start getting into the groove of previewing those position groups and going dialed in and, and figuring out where guys might fit the best because we didn't get a, we didn't get to have a spring to really go off of. So um, it'll be interesting to see some guys' takes on where they should go on those depth chart projections. Um, but yeah, as always, definitely if you're on iTunes, we would really, really appreciate it if you'd rate the a podcast five stars it helps a lot more than you think and if you leave a review that helps a ton too and we'll shout you out on the next podcast uh, make sure you hit those subscribe buttons on itunes soundcloud spotify google play we're on twitter at hear the spirit the guys twitters are down below we will talk to you guys in the discord football's in the air except for nate's debbie down herself and austin's too we're not listening to them football's coming i think Fingers crossed. We will talk to you guys next week. Appreciate you.